This car is the most honest car you ever see. It's been a dream ever since I've had it. The first time I heard that engine screaming, I thought, I gotta have one of those. For me, the cars have personality. What's great about a BMW Classic is the community that surrounds it. When you listen to that, <laughs> that's why we're here. Welcome to Classic Heart, the BMW Group Classic Podcast. My name is JP, and today we will record the last podcast of this year. And let us say thank you, thank you, thank you all for those who subscribe to our channels and listen to our little podcast. Without you, the podcast would not be there. So thank you again. We also will be there back in 2024. So there's no need to worry. We produced a lot of podcasts the last couple of months. So there will be always a chance to have a recap and tune in until we're back on the 18th of January with the newest episode. For this last episode, we do something very special. We call it the lap of honor. So we look back to the classic heart year with some of our guests of previous episodes. So uh, with no further delay, let's start into presenting them. On the starting line are Stratton, Jan Elik, Anders Billund and Emil Purkian. And I can tell you Gabi von Oppenheim will also join. But as a true racer, she's preparing her car in fact, we have a little bit of a technical difficulty to onboard her for this podcast party. So uh, hopefully we can manage that. But uh, I think we should start now. And um, I would say a good morning, Stratton. Good morning. Good morning. From Istanbul, we have Jan with us. Hello. Merhaba. And of course, from good old Hamburg, Emil. Moin moin. That's the right one. And our real Danish dynamite, Anders. Anders doesn't say too much. He's Danish. They don't speak too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Am I here? Uh, you are. You are. And uh, I would like to kick off uh, with a question to John. Uh, looking back at this year, what was your highlight in automotive terms? Well, I think, as always, Villa d'Este Concorde Elegance was the automotive highlight in terms of static shows to go, because I also turned it into a little road trip. So we were three cars drive all the way from Istanbul to Como, which was very nice, and then continued to Munich. It was amazing. And at uh, Concorde Elegance, my favorite moment, other than seeing you again, <laughs> obviously, was seeing the uh, E46 M3 Touring concept in person. Wow. That, were, that was a holy grail car. I always saw the pictures before, but never in the flesh. And then that uh, chrome shadow paint and the first M3 Touring was really like a showstopper moment for me. You and your wife uh, did a real road trip out of this. So how long yes. did you drive? Um, as you know, we ship the cars. We don't mm -hmm. drive all the way from Istanbul. From Trieste, it was just half a day, like 500 kilometers, no big deal. Mm -hmm. But of course, we took the long way through the Alps and Dolomites a little bit. So, so overall, it was an amazing trip, yes. Mega. And uh, I'm happy you mentioned the Concorso d'Eleganza Villa d'Este, because this is where we all met this year. Um, so I met Stratton. Emil, we met there as well. Um, yeah, exactly. You were more on the uh, Villa Alba side, on the young side of the Concorso. And Anders, didn't we also met? I'm not sure. Yeah, we did indeed. We did indeed. That was, uh, that was definitely my highlight of the year as well. Uh, there were many, but uh, Villa Alba was definitely my highlight. Threaten, what was your highlight if you look back? I got married this year. 
Congratulations. Mm. Congratulations. Mega. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. My condolences. <laughs> Thank you. John is speaking out of experience, um, but he's the most charming liar. When you met his wife, you know that she is a real gem. Oh, I know. I yeah. know, I know. I love her. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Villa d'Esta was the highlight for me as well. Uh, I mean, one of the highlights because it was my first time over there. Yeah. And seeing all of those cars in person that you would otherwise never see was just awesome. And then, of course, meeting all of you guys over there is, is I met John, I met JP and so many of you. Plus, we had a really, really amazing uh, road trip in my M5. We went, we went all the way down to Amalfi Coast uh, through Tuscany uh, and then drove all the way back to Lake Como for the event. To be honest, that's the way you should do it. Email for you. Yes. Besides the fantastic Rennmeister party in Hamburg you helped organizing last weekend. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I just wanted to say, actually, if I'm allowed to be honest, it is the last weekend. You but, must um, be honest, please. <laughs> um, but if I don't um, include it uh, to the highlights of this year, I would say also the trip to Como. Because, yeah, there were so many things, not only with um, visiting or seeing so many nice uh, people in in coma but also for being part of a nice journey of Khan uh, which is working at BMW Hamburg and which towed in a BMW X7 his uh, BMW E21 and his BMW E9 so <laughs> such a crazy guy to drive from Hamburg to Como yeah. <laughs> you know just to just to say my both both cars were there And um, also, yeah, to be a part of the of the first um, Hofmeister merch. I mean, you mentioned Villa Erba um, on Sunday. Yes, uh, we had Diana to sell or show the people that um, the Hofmeister's family is also willing to do something with fashion. Oh. And uh, it was really crazy. Within 60 minutes, 61 hour, JP, we were sold out. So wow. we had nothing from the from the M1 design, which uh, Sophie from Studio Soku yeah. designed for us. And uh, it was a very nice compliment. Uh, that's the best. If uh, I mean, it's like the applause. If you organize something and it's sold out within minutes. Yeah. And I love it that so far the highlights are always connected to the brilliant event in Lake Como. Because it shows also that it's much more than just a show of expensive old cars. Mm. And I think everyone involved at this time tries to make it even more open and more exciting. And I think they're on a very good way. Anders, what was your highlight? I mean, before you answer this, we have to mention that just recently before this recording, um, your company sold a Ferrari 250 GTO or 330, some say so, some say so, um, to be also a bit controversial here for 50 plus million. For me, the whole year has just been fabulous. Yes, the 250 GTO is obviously a highlight for the company and it's special to be part of that team. But personally, I don't know. I mean, Le Mans was amazing. Uh, the 100th year yes. anniversary. I really enjoyed that. We, you know, that was good fun. I was, I was there both at Le Mans Classic, um, celebrating it there. And then immediately after at the actual Le Mans celebrating the 100th year. So that was special. But I have to say, actually, uh, being at Lake Como for uh, Villa d'Este and Villalba was my personal highlight as well, simply because of um, it was a career highlight for me. Uh, yeah. I had the Aurora collection, the Swedish collection of 14 cars down there. Wow. Which was, um, I mean, 14 cars, they ended up selling at uh, about 25. 
5.3 million euros for 14 cars. That was, to be part of that whole experience was just off the charts. It was amazing. Um, this brings me to another point that sometimes circles around my head. Um, because the things we love have a certain value. It doesn't matter if it's a 250 GTO, if it's an Alpina or everything. It is really valuable things. And I have the fear that the factor money is too important, or let's rephrase that, that we reduce the things we love to the money factor. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, yeah, of course it is. There is an element of investment in it as well. So you, you can't discard that, of course not. But at the same time, I must say that the people I meet in, in the industry, even though it is an industry, and even though it is investments, I have to say the people I meet, the vast, vast majority of them, they are true They're, they're true enthusiasts, just like you and I and everybody else in this podcast. Yeah, Some of them just have more money than I do, yeah. and they get to play with more expensive toys. But they love them for what the cars are. Uh, they love to drive them. They love the history, just as much as all of us do. What do the others say? I lost the registration papers of all my cars. I can't sell them. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's, at least that's what I tell my wife. Yeah. I mean, um, I couldn't care less if they go up or down. Honestly, when they go up, uh, it's uh, more stressing me. You know, I prefer, mm -hmm. I like to remember the price I bought them for. I drive them, I drive their wheels off. And after COVID, I realized that our tomorrow is uncertain. So enjoy every day. Yeah. And we are, we are blessed to have such nice cars. And uh, I don't see the point. At, and, Except if it's a 50, 20 million thing, then it's a whole different thing. But I don't understand a drivable car not being driven. Um, that's just my idea. That's just the way I look at it. Um, I'll drive them as long as I can. I'm happy for everyone that can afford uh, this kind of valuable car. But does it really make the difference in the enjoyment? I don't think so. Um, I enjoyed my first car, a Golf 2, when I was 18. Yeah, I still enjoy it because, as you know, yeah, you I do. have also a Mark II Golf, which yeah. everyone is calling Tomato because it's so red. <laughs> it's a true Ferrari, yeah, the 1.3 liter Ferrari with 54 wow. horsepower. <laughs> Mega. <laughs> I was talking about the values of, of, of the cars I work with in the industry, and, uh, and that's all very exciting. But I totally agree. I mean, after a day with, with million euro classics, I, I, there's still nothing better than jumping into my old BMW 2002. In orange, uh, right? Gorgeous color. That's never going to be a, a million euro car, obviously, very far from. And I, and I don't, and, and so like, like, uh, like John said, I don't really want it to be either because it's, it's so much more accessible and uh, enjoyable to use it without the stress of it being high value. I just like driving it. And Stratton, I think you rescue so many cars. I mean, the amount of man hours you invest in each of your projects is priceless, unpayable, right? He is BMW yeah. Red Cross. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. BMW, send it my way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm similar to, to John. I like to drive the wheels off out of my cars. And uh, obviously, I'm aware of the value of the car, but I buy them very cheap to begin with. Uh, yeah. For example, with my Project Chicago Pina B7, I bought it very, very cheap. Um, but by the end of it, the car was simply way too nice for me to use it. For example, that was one of the cars that I wanted to take to Villa di Este to my road trip to Italy. 
But uh, given the parking structure and how parking oh. normally works in Italy, I just felt mm, <laughs> no. So instead, I took my E60 M5 that has over 250,000 kilometers and 50 different shades of gray on it and had the great time because I didn't worry yes. about a thing. I could park it wherever on the street if it's going to get a dent or scratch. I don't care. Hmm. The car is perfect mechanically. The interior is perfect. That's all I care about. And then I can use it and enjoy the car to the fullest. And I remember, Jan, when Marie and I visit you in Istanbul at Driven 34, I mean, your cars are absolutely impeccable in condition. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. But then you see also that they are driven. And I love this because it's the name of your garage. So exactly. that's the thing you should do. I think that's the charm of being a car guy. I mean, a brand new car is already a brand new car. But if a car has 100 plus thousand kilometers and if it still looks fresh, then you can call yourself a car guy. I mean, then that yeah. means you took excellent care. Yes, you drive like an animal, but you take care of like a person. So, yes. I mean, uh, that's the that's something you can be proud of. You're making me proud of the 340 plus thousand kilometers on my BMW 2002. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's not wow. just miles, it's uh, miles per miles. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's irreplaceable. So I, I mean, I, actually, I think that's a Turkish Airlines claim, by the way. <laughs> and uh, he's so smart. He is, his patriotism is unbeaten. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, true. The 340,000 uh, kilometers that I have on my, on my O2, I mean, it, it, sure, it's high mileage, but actually that's, that's where the value lies, isn't it? For me anyway, because it's, it's every kilometer has been a, been a, been a pleasure. Likewise. It, it, there's a story to tell and, uh, and there's there's memories uh, with the car and where I've been and uh, you know other people enjoy polishing their car, other people enjoy uh, looking at them or other people enjoy working on them. I'm sure you do, Sveta. You work a lot on the yeah. cars and I get I bet you get great enjoyment out of that as well as driving it. So there are many ways of enjoying the cars and I think every way is valid in its yeah. own right. And if I may say something there, uh, I think uh, we are very lucky that our brand of preference, which is BMW in this case, is the perfect tool for this everyday, understated, if you know, you know style brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I'm sure the the reason I chose BMW also helps with my drive it like you stole it mentality. If I had an exotic Italian or a fancy 911 with wings everywhere, I wouldn't maybe be this relaxed about driving it everywhere, but BMW is just so good for this. Even the fanciest M cars are at the moment in the, if you know, you know, style appearance. Yeah. They are not shouty, which helps you to use them more. Just uh, my experience. Correct, especially especially the old models. Uh, when I when I drove my E60 M5 in Italy, I didn't get recognized once. It just looks like yeah. an old five series. Like no one knows <laughs> yeah. what it is, yeah. and I love that. It's well, like a monster in disguise. Yeah, and people who know is like, oh my god, it's this. Oh my god, it has even a manual gearbox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> once you know, you know. Yeah, but we're getting there though. Uh, it's getting more and more famous. Sure. And I think, Stratton, this is why you are so successful in what you're doing. Because they understand that there are so much more than the obvious choices. And I really love that. I really love that change. Uh, that we are in a phase where everything changes a little bit into that direction. I agree. Yeah, indeed. And uh, they are very under the radar. You should see the looks I get when I drive a green E36 M3 around. It's like, 
Is, yes. that, is that the peasant option? Why did you get green? And like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, a GT, <laughs> nice body they, kit. Yeah, nice body kit. This is a GT. They all came in green. Okay, whatever you say, bro. Stop just, and explain. Yeah. It's a special uh, car. I, I, yeah. I'm walking like, around with the brochure of the car. Yeah. <laughs> Pro- probably just a cheap wrap. Exactly. Yes. yes. Taste test, by the way. Yeah. I love E61 M5. I wish I could get one, but they don't have in, they, they don't exist in Turkey. Speak to Stratton. He will organize you one. There was one recently from Madrid. It's an E60 M5 with a blown engine. Hmm. E61 M5. Oof. And I'm still thinking about it. Please um, go ahead. That's one of my ultimate dream cars as well, because I'm a big fan of fast tourings as well. Um, yeah, fast tourings are the best. Precisely what I'm doing with my project Rottweil, E39-530i. Oh. I just supercharged it. Uh, it's making around 280, 290 horsepower. Mega. But f- when the spring comes, we have big plans for it. It's going to get a different intercooler, a different transmission, different uh, supercharger pulley. And when all said and done, it's going to make around 360, 370 horsepower, which for Ooh. a six cylinder, <laughs> yeah. five Mega. series. Get, is get going the E61 from me, Stratton. Get it. And, yeah. <laughs> and take everything from the sedan and put it there with the manual and everything. Oh, my. No, I could never do that to Project Rally. Uh. But But uh, I would build something special if I get that E61. And I'm thinking I have a spare DCT gearbox from the uh-huh. M3. That could be interesting as well. People prefer 8 HP, by the way, um, which is which they say is a better transmission at the moment. La- la- most of the swaps I hear lately, they're not using the M3 uh, DCT anymore. They are using the 8 ah, HP from the F10 M5 or something. I, I, I don't know. Or from the M4, the new generation, which is Pretty, easier. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, but you know better than me, of course. Yeah, I mean, 8HP is so popular nowadays because it's a great transmission. And I'm actually planning to put that in my Alpina P10 because uh, oh. it has an old five-speed automatic gearbox, which is just awful. Yeah. So oh. with the 8-speed, I think it's going to be something something really special. Super. Uh, I really enjoyed the the whole whole YouTube video. Really, like just driving thousands of kilometers with an open window. It's just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so. Uh, that's the spirit. I mean, your 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 misery pleases us. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. That's fun. But that was that was a lot of fun when that car got offered to me. Uh, I didn't realize how rare it was. It's a 2002 Alpina B10 V8S, and they only made 43 of those in touring uh, variant. Um, and of course it didn't run for, not since 2016-17. So I thought instead of doing the usual, ship the car over here, then inspect it, fix it, why not fly over there, do a little service and drive it and have a fun road trip. And it was just amazing <laughs> driving through six mm-hmm. countries, uh, w- with a car that actually did awesome. And, uh, it didn't, it wasn't on the road for so many years, but it didn't miss a beat on the way back. We need to give a little bit of a background because Stratton's um, BMW Rescue and Repair Project are on YouTube and you can follow him if you don't do it, do it. The channel is called M539 Restorations. And the video we are talking about is called I Found the Rarest BMW Touring and you brought it home, Stratton. A few small issues, windows and you know stuff like yeah. that. Who needs windows? Yeah, but windows, that's that's kind of normal. I, I, I drive my 2002, there's no aircon. So yeah. everywhere I go, it's windows down. I drove from Copenhagen to Le Mans Classic and back home again. And that was windows down well, the whole way. <laughs> wow. This was funny. This was funny. Uh, we just finished signing the papers, the sales contract with the seller. And it was like two kilometers from his house. The window just went down. He's like, decided, <laughs> now, now it's the time I want to quit. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. I mean, the Windows Down thing, to be honest, is really, really a philosophy. Because I have friends who just, if I just open the window just a little bit, they scream at me, put the window up, I have aircon on. Yeah. Uh, and also the looks that I get when I have a rental in the US driving with an open window, they think, okay, that chap, definitely not American, not from the US. Mm -hmm. Windows <laughs> down or Windows up? What kind of drivers are you? Definitely windows down. I'm option C. What is option C? Uh, sunroof tilt. <laughs> Actually, I, I use it quite often like that on my E60 M5 when I'm on the back roads because I can hear the engine noise more. Uh, so yeah. Exactly. This is what I wanted to, to say. Yes. Okay, spill the beans, Stratton. Yeah. It's just us here. <laughs> if you drive through the Alp Tunnel, it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't drive through the Alp Tunnel without windows open, so... And revving the car That's up true. to six, seven, eight thousand RPM. Yeah. On the CSL, I put the windows down. I mean, that, on that car is uh, with the airbox, uh, I have to. So we spoke a lot about celebrating car culture. And I mean, uh, are we not overwhelmed by the amount of events that get added to our calendars year by year? I mean, it shows that there is a strong enthusiasm uh, for, for our hobby. And it's obviously purely a good thing. But but you are right. I mean, I'm sure we all, we're all having to uh, not go to events that we actually wanted to. But... We just have to prioritize something else. Yeah. We are spoiled for choice. I mean, I I prefer old school stuff a lot. As you know, last year we were together at Retromobile, which I'm planning to go again this year. And then uh, there's SN Classica, uh, Villa de Este, Goodwood uh, Festival of Speed, Montreux Car Week, Rendsport Reunion. I mean, we are truly spoiled for choice and not to mention the little cars and coffees in between. So. And now that we have the winter stuff, this ice race, ice and Morris. So, do you have also these kind of events in Turkey? Yeah, I we mean, do. I mean, I would really love to come over one sure. one time. You know, just to a Turkey. Anytime. I mean, this goes for all of you. You are more than welcome. And my cars are your cars. Just come and enjoy them. I mean, thank you. Uh, I personally host car events as well, just once or twice a year. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, but people are really active and car guys are really like active here and uh, you're all welcome. It's beautiful. Please come whenever I mean, you like. Maybe we do a classic hard road trip. In wow, a sense that would that, be fantastic. Uh, that would there be amazing. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see if we can. I would be honored to host you all or anyone else. And uh, please, please make it happen. That, JP, that's on you. You started this. Okay. You're put, I will. I will. I'm I will. putting this together Absolutely. now. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, for those who missed the episode with John, um, we spoke about his car club called Driven 34, where the BMW community of Istanbul meets and where he also holds amazing events. You should check it out. And Emil, you also created a very successful event series uh, uh, under the name of Emil's Garage. So the events are called Sundowner and take place at spectacular locations. Last year, it was the container uh, depot of Harburg Lloyd in the Hamburg port. Uh, what is your perspective on upcoming uh, trend of, let's say, community or fan-organized car events? Actually, I'm right now in a position where I feel really lucky because uh, when I entered the whole car world two years ago, there were only the same, always the same guys um, who did these events. And if you look in 2023, I think every one of us could go every weekend to an event. So it's so crazy how every city is pushing, you know, 
his own community and wants to bring everyone um, yeah, to come over. And for me personally, it went a little bit too fast, too big, because when I remember I did my first Sandauna in 2021, I got from the government, from the city of Hamburg, the, the approval to do an event for 250 people. So mm. and if you do an event for 250 people, it's much more easier to find a fitting location. One year later, 2022, I was able to put that amount up to 500 people. So it was wow. already, ah, uh, not every location um, has the fitting because if 500 people come, you have to calculate minimum the half of cars. So 250 cars. And this year, we doubled again. We had 1,000 visitors wow. and um, nearly 400 cars, even when the whole day was raining, you know. <laughs> and now I'm getting really into trouble because next year I told myself I don't want to make it bigger. I just want to keep the maximum amount of 1,000 people because if it's too big, then then it's really hard to, to have the special feeling, you know. Yeah. And also for me and the team, it's such a big logistic amount of work. I, I really can't handle it. I mean, this year I had 25 um, team members. And if we go next year to 2000 people, how should I do it with, with 25 people? I mean, it's not a lot if you no. think about the sure. 2000 people are coming. But on the other and hand, you want to enjoy anyway. Yes, exactly. I want to enjoy. Yeah. And I found out this summer I couldn't enjoy only my guests. That was thankfully super nice. But what I really enjoyed this year was the last weekend, the project we had JP with, uh, with our friends from Jägermeister. We had, um, nearly a little bit more than 250 people guys yeah and it was just good perfect. size yep. everyone could party oh. everyone was it was like a house party you know you're seeing yep. your old friends again and all the people came over even people from italy from the other cities which built the same community like we do in hamburg like the heights club from stuttgart the bmw the uh, guys um, the hofmeister guys from munich the vehicle flitzer guys petrosur yeah. from sylt it was just it was just perfect. Keep it small to keep this family feeling at an event. I think that's very important. I mean, Threaten, do you remember when we visited the Thresham event in Munich uh, a couple of days ago? Uh, we had the time to speak for an hour because it was so relaxed and uh, not too big. Even Villa Alba is a bit too big, for, for, in my opinion. Yeah, I was just about to say that's what's good about smaller events let's say because you can actually catch up with people you have time to stand and look at the car and you know meet and greet everyone yes the cars are the starting point cars are amazing excuse but it's all about meeting new people adding new friends to new cities i mean in at least for me it is i mean i, I enjoy road trips very much because i like to stop on the way to the people i met for example Absolutely. there's a there is maybe a city that I heard before, but I never had any reason to visit. But if I know that Threaten is there, I'll stop for a lunch or something. It becomes an excuse to discover new places. And uh, so that's why I enjoy it very much, meeting new people. Um, you might not have noticed, uh, but we will tell our listeners the truth. We've just lost Anders. He disappeared from our online studio. He was probably bored. Now he's back. Welcome, Anders. Thank you. I had a bit of a blackout there, but I'm, yeah. I'm back again. He just sold another GTO and came back. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the moment you left, we started talking about you. And Amy said, actually, oh man, I didn't know he owned all these RM Sotheby's cars. And why are they not called Anders Billund actually AB cars? So also for our listeners, Anders works as car specialist for the world famous auction house RM Sotheby's. Unfortunately, the million dollar cars he sells do not belong to him, disclaimer. <laughs> Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, if only life was so sweet. <laughs> But I do, I, I do at least get to play with all those lovely cars, which is, which is pretty good too. I, I don't complain. I don't complain. And now uh, it's actually like being on a racetrack here today because Gabi von Oppenheim, um, one of the most prolific female racing drivers in the classic motorsport, has now solved her technical computer issues. And uh, so to speak, she left the pits and is joining us on our lap of honor. Uh, I'm so happy for you, Gabi, that you didn't give up as in racing. So welcome, Gabi. Oh, that's very kind. And I'm very sorry with this uh, modern technology. I think that's why I race all cars. It's just much easier. <laughs> Wise choice. Yeah. Wise choice. It's the, me <laughs> the mechanical world is mine, <laughs> not the... Uh, Gabi, like everyone in this lap of honor, uh, shared what was the highlight in the year 2023 for them. And I would like to give uh, this question also to you. And I guess it was racing at the Le Mans Classic, the 100th anniversary, right? Uh, thankfully, I, I had um, applied with two cars. I'd been invited to race a little Lotus. And of course, I went there with my French icon, the Alpine A210, which is a car that was originally built to race the 24 hours of Le Mans with, with, in the really, really small class. And uh, to me, it's, it's really one of the most beautiful French racing cars. They really have a magic of their own. And uh, my car looks like a dragonfly. It's very small. Um, and it's very hard to imagine that this car actually did the 24 hours, you know, racing for 24 hours. And um, of course, biggest Le Mans uh, replica, my car breaks down. So I couldn't really race my car there. But I could race another Lotus and I was still, and I think it's just very important to be uh, part of the races because to be on this legendary track with other amazing cars is, is just like dancing with film stars when they're still Young and juicy. <laughs> <laughs> What a lovely analogy, I have to say. And uh, I think uh, if we speak about young and juicy, we should also speak about John because I think John is <laughs> one of the few this who has some racing experience. Is that right? That's the. I mean, that's the most unique transformation. I mean, <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> young and juicy, and you cut to me. I mean, I'm spoiled. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> okay, I'm married for 11 years, but I take the compliment. Okay. No, I just was say I'm just from referring uh, to the point of that. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but it's written Anders, Emil, uh, and myself. We're not real on the racetrack, aren't we? After no. a little bit of hill climbing, but that doesn't really count, does it? It does. It does. It definitely it does. Well, uh, I, I think, okay, then I include Anders in the young and juicy juicy part of this conversation. That <laughs> will um, be the last time in my life, probably, you? but I have to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've just done 10 laps of the Nordschleife this last Sunday with my E46. Oh, so wow. that's actually... Wow, wow. 
Yeah. Sweet. So that's actually one area that I want to improve myself. I want to sharpen up my track driving skills. Obviously, I have no experience whatsoever. So I started building my former daily driver, E46-325i Touring, which is now a 330i with a six-speed. And I did a whole suspension, bunch of upgrades, and basically I want to turn it into a track car and Ring just go tool. to Nürburgring. Yeah. Yeah. And just to learn nice. how to drive fast on the ring. Uh, Okie dokie. Yeah. But then can I we think continue? John, you... Can you can we continue from my juice, please? I mean, you were just <laughs> <in> there. And... <laughs> of course. <laughs> you you hyped me up and just left me there. <laughs> yeah, you know that's the that's the that's the that's the thing of racing. Sometimes you're very hyped and then you end up in exactly in, in, in the sense. So no, no. But tell me, so you also raced a, a lot of your, in your life? I right? did. Um, ninety-eight, ninety-nine, and two thousand. I raced uh, in the Turkish Championship. And I do occasional um, track days here and there since 20 years. I have more than 200 laps in Nordschleife, I'm <coughs> certain. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask Gabi how many laps she has, because she has a I house won't. 20 won't. minutes away from the Nordschleife. There you go. I, I won't. I'll <laughs> you stick called to my for juice. it, Dad. No, you no, no. called for yes. it. You no, called no, for no. it. Yeah, I know. I asked <laughs> for watch this. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> yeah, but Gabby, I'm traveling 2,000 kilometers for it. So give me some slack. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for, a, for a Turkish guy to come all the way to mm-hmm. Nürburgring, Nordschleife, it's something. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, it's I do, very brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, thank you. It's been 20 years since I did anything super official, but on and off, I love being on track very much. And I still take driving um, lessons, racing lessons to keep my reflexes sharp but of course nothing compared to Gabby or any other uh, pro driver just in oh, amateur sense I love calling being called a pro driver which is <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, when we speak about racing so uh, everyone here what kind of races do you passionately follow on TV none oh. I'm, I'm the same. None. Well. I, I like to, I, I go there to spectate. I mean, I, I was at Le Mans Classic as well, only as a spectator. And I love going to, to all sorts, but basically historic motorsport for me. Modern stuff doesn't do quite as much for me. It's, it's probably partially down to the, to, to the sounds, uh, just old cars sound better. Um, and they slide more. Uh, it's 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 mm-hmm. they're more alive, and I find it more interesting. Uh, but I don't watch it on television. I, I need to be there in person. You you get the smells, the the whole atmosphere. It's mm. it's the full it's the full experience. I only follow the ones that I know a driver in involved. Like if I know one or two of the drivers, I'm to yeah. root for him. Then I'm in. For example. Um, you know, Toprak, maybe you know Razgat Leoli mm-hmm. from WBSC, SPK, Superbike. But if it's otherwise, I'm only there for the drama. <laughs> mm. I mean, I should know I should know something that those two drivers don't get along. This will be a hectic race. Then I follow, but I'm not for sportsman-wise. I'm I'm there for things to go bad. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Demolition Derby. Yeah. <laughs> How about the others? I spend so much time racing. I don't have time at weekends to watch any other races, apart from the fact that I find yeah. watching them extremely boring. And I also <laughs> totally understand anyone in my family who refuses to come to my races. I think rallying is really, I think they should cover that more. That would be really interesting to watch. Mm. That's wonderful. Emil, what about you? I had the honor to be already, I think, four times, thanks to Derek Room from Flitzer Club, to be in Goodwood. And it was 
just an unique experience. And um, yeah, I had nothing like this in my life, just to be in the paddock, to see all the race drivers, to talk to them, then to see how they aggressively drive all the rounds and fighting for their position. I think the Munich Gentlemen's Club, drivers, I don't know, there is yeah, Drivers Club. Yeah, yeah they, they booked the weekend in Monza. That was also a very unique experience, you know, to see all the mm. cars live there, to get in touch with the people, the sound, the BMW 2002s, the 964s. <sighs> yeah, My God. I'm really missing it. By the it. way, I love track days, by the way. Whenever I visit a new city, I look up if there's any track days around and I love attending track days because it's best of both worlds. You enjoy the track, but you're not committed to a team that you have to be there for the whole weekend. You're just in, yeah. a, in and out. But watching on TV, it's not there anymore. And I just was wondering how you feel about this. Why is this magic somehow gone? Is it because we have too many choices to see things in real life we like? Or is it just that it's too commercial? Or what do you think? I think it's just very boring to watch because there isn't much action. You hardly see anyone overtaking. And um, hmm. the, it's the whole setup of the Formula One would... Um, it, <laughs> I think it's something so far removed, the discrepancy between the observers, the spectators, and the people who are actually active in the sport. It's yeah. it's just from another planet. So you cannot, it's not like tennis or golf where you can identify with the sportsmen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sure. a problem for me. I mean, nevertheless, Formula One is at its peak of its success in terms of viewers. Don't forget that, right? I mean, uh, the whole thing, America is now into Formula One fever, thanks to uh, a certain Netflix series. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't, I, don't, I don't feel it anymore. It's very strange. I personally think it's too sterile. I mean, mm. it's too politically correct. It's too proper. I'm an 80s kid. I remember like Prost sent a battle and like after interviews were almost as exciting as the race itself. Those press conferences, yeah, people throwing their hats off, another guy talking from the, I'm shouting from the back. I mean, I know asking for drama is pathetic maybe, but <laughs> it just brings excitement. I mean, um, that's what I miss very much. I mean, Three years ago, this last race with the Hamilton and um, Verstappen, it was so edgy, but the interviews, it's like any, uh, nothing happened. It was very disappointing. I want to see the real passion of the drivers, not politically correct, like properly speaking, uh, robots driving cars. That's we, just, need, we need uh, more Raikkonen's back in Formula One. Oh, man, yes. Very <laughs> yeah. well said. Kimi. Well, well, absolutely, said, yeah. Kimmy. True, yeah. but I, I think it's also I think it's also just the aesthetics of the whole thing. I mean, I mean, in the old days, you could relate to the cars. I mean, you had BMW 2002s oh. and Ford Escorts, which were frankly not massively different from the ones you found on the road. Mm. And and I True. think also the aesthetics of of I mentioned it before, but they slide uh, and. Mm. The modern race cars are so technically advanced, which is of course from a technical perspective great. But it makes it look yeah. boring when you watch it because they are just mm -hmm. perfectly balanced and they're not moving about much. Whereas the historic race cars, the older race cars, they move, they slide. You can you can you can sense and see the speed even without being behind the steering wheel. Yeah, it's become almost digital. Yes, you don't know. Is it? Yeah, very nice. Is set. it yeah. real? Is uh, yeah, yeah, totally, exactly. And threaten you. Um, besides doing your turns on the Nürburgring, I heard that you want to become the next Drift King. Is that right? 
uh, well, definitely not a drift king, but just learn how to drift. Uh, for example, Jason Camisa and Robert from Heel and Toe Block, they're my inspiration, their car control and how they drive, how they're smooth and how they can take the corner so smoothly and get out of the drift so precisely. Um, that's something that I want to I wanna learn. Yeah. Actually, tomorrow, no, on Friday, I'm heading out for a drift event on Circuit Meppen up north yeah. of Germany. Full day of drifting. So nice. See, I, see, I have oh, a nice. confession there. I cannot drift. No. Mm. Welcome to the club. I just can't. Not I, I'm, able to. I'm, I'm all about taking the perfect line around a track. And, yeah. and all my all my years of, of track days and being a track day instructor and the little bit of hill climbing I've done, it's always about the perfect line. And I I cannot drift for the life of me. I've tried. We I'm have just to not very fix good it, Anders. It. Just come here. I've, yeah, I guess. It's, yeah. It's, it's just not my thing. I just can't do it. It's it's um, the same with me. I'm with no, you. No, no. You Anders, can, you I'm can with both you. do waltz and breakdance. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'll have to I'll have to practice. I think I'm more of a waltz man than I'm a breakdance man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh Absolutely right. But I think we can go on. We can all go in training with John and Gabi. I think they will organize a track day for us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, well, there you go. With pleasure. My pleasure. I mean, what a fabulous idea for the year 2024. And really, this podcast shows how it should be. Friends with the same passion sitting together, talking, talking, talking. Crazy ideas come on the table and then you just make them become reality. And in this sense, uh, thank you very much for joining us in this stressy pre-holiday times. Gabi, Stratton, John, Emil and Anders to find the time to join our lap of honor and sharing your enthusiasm and passion with us. And um, the next episode, after we are all relaxed and started perfectly into the next year, will be January 18th. And also, of course, a big thank you for those tuning in and listen to us. And if you liked what you hear this time, and if you not have done it, give us a five-star rating because you know everything is about the rating in our algorithm world. Also, please hit the subscribe button that you don't miss any of our future episodes of Classic Heart. And I hope this uh, little get-together inspires you also to learn more about the things we talked about in the episodes with Stratton, with Jan, with Emil, Gabi, Anders, and all our 30-plus other guests. I cannot stress that enough how many great people have already uh, joined us for this. Uh, thank you on the technical side, the sound engineering team, Alex and Marcus, and of course, um, Friederike von Königswald, who is the master mind of content that helps us everything sounding well and the content is also interesting and is kept interesting and of course uh, thank you to robin uh, who holds all the tie ends together without all them this would have not been possible and it's just for me to say i wish everyone a good start into the next year have a nice festive season take some time chatting with your families uh, chat about cars with your family maybe uh, to <laughs> get new people inspired and again have a great festive season and a good start into the next year and i can't wait to see each of you in 2024. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, JP. Thank you. Thank you, GP. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.